welcome back to the Culture Clash podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Kara. And we're coming to you live from the 915. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you? How was your week so far? Um, Yeah, it's been pretty good. Pretty much. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, they can't respond. Like Dora. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, it's been good. I've been working, watching my son, and yeah, we just got back in town. I went to Lubbock this weekend to see my Mm. family, and my sister had her 21st birthday. Ooh, okay. We all had a lot of fun. Yeah, good, clean American (laughs) fun. Good, clean American (laughs) fun. I, um, when I went to college, I was near Lubbock, so I went there a lot, and I think I told you, like, give Lubbock my best. I don't really want to go back. Um... (laughs) You know, I yeah. had some good times there, but I'm also like, it's in the past and I think it belongs there. And I love you Lubbock people. If anyone from Lubbock is listening, <laughs> I know you, I know you're proud of your little town. We're proud of you. Yeah. But, um, I don't want to be there. Uh. <laughs> Dude, my whole family's out there except for my immediate family. Really? Well, my, my sisters are now, but growing up, it was like all my cousins, my grandparents, everything they are from Lubbock and my parents are... In the Dallas area. So a lot of holidays and stuff. Were oh, yeah, like every holiday. I think that's normal. Like, I know a lot of people who are like that, that, like, they aren't there, but their family, their family is in Lubbock, so they go every chance they get. It's it's fine. It's a good little town. Just not for you. It's just not for me. And good that's little okay. town. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. That sounded kind of shady. I didn't mean it It's shady. a fine little town. It's, it's all right. 500 people. I know. If you like little. <laughs> um, I have been, I was going to tell you, I've been watching so many like videos like van life videos have you seen that? that people like buy vans and they oh yeah and they like redo them mm-hmm. so they can live inside yeah them. And those I'm are like, cool i kind of want there's a part of me that really wants to do that where i'm like i could live in a van and be a vegan <laughs> and go hiking. i feel like those have to go together yeah yeah yeah. That's you have to be <laughs> health conscious and live in a you know what i mean yeah, you can't you're like you can't be grown yeah you can't eat the way i eat and live in a van because then <laughs> It just wouldn't be good, but just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but you have to change your whole persona. Yeah, there's a real part of me that could do it, but there's also another part of me that's like, I want a Chanel bag, and like, <laughs> you can't have both. I don't yeah, think. I, I don't think those. I don't think good. you could be into labels and also, like, let's live like in designer a van. labels. Yeah, yeah, and then like, I want to live in a van. Yeah, my my husband and I thought about doing like a tiny house at one point oh. before we had. Have you seen those? Like, yeah. it's kind of the same thing, yeah. but like less mobile, I guess. I don't know, actually. But we thought it was so cool. We're like, yeah, like, we're going to be minimalist. <laughs> I like the idea of being min- minimalist. Right. And I think I am at heart. Because I don't have a problem throwing things away, but I like to shop. Yeah, that's my thing. Too. <laughs> I I like to, I don't like having anything excess in my house sure. that I don't need. Or, like, having doubles of things or, like, too many clothes. So I'm constantly getting rid of things. But with the extreme minimalism that i've seen it's like you can't even have like more than two dishes you know like (laughs) nothing disposable (laughs) like everything has to have multi-purpose you know you wear cloth diapers like i'm like nah man it's hard to host right like if you are someone that enjoys hosting people which you are yeah it's kind of hard to be minimal and host i love so i liked tiny house hunters Oh, but yeah. I loved, like, every episode. Like, these people knew. It wasn't that the realtor just brought them to a tiny house. They requested a tiny house. <laughs> and every time they walked in, it's kind of small. Duh! <laughs> like, you asked for it. It's, like, literally in the name. <laughs> it's not just small. It's tiny. Yeah. Um, It's kind of tight in here. Duh, girl! <laughs> you asked for a tiny house. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's rad. Uh, but anyway, off our rants, because we can go off. Yeah, we would... <laughs> Never get on topic. We go on a lot of tangents, which I'm sure this episode will not be any different. We'll go on tangents. But today we're going to be discussing kneeling during the national anthem. Right. That's our topic of the week. Um, so it's a hot button issue right now because football season is back on. And, um, you know, not just football, but because we're in Texas, everyone loves football. Um, the players are receiving a lot of criticism and heat for either protesting during the national anthem and taking a knee or not protesting and taking a knee yeah so really it's a catch-22 you're gonna really tick off some people if you do one or the other you'll you won't there's no answer that's going to make the majority happy right well there never is i Mm -hmm. feel 
with especially with these kind of issues it's like there's not any way to make everybody happy yeah sorry for my squeaky chair no we love squeaky chairs that's it yeah <laughs> it's, just our, it's our sound effects yeah <laughs> um but I think Kara has a little bit of history for us regarding taking an E and where it all started and what even is it? Right. So, okay, I personally um, knew a little bit about all of this. I didn't know the complete history of why the players were taking a knee. Um, so I did some research, and I wanted to make sure I came with some, at least some information that wasn't just hearsay or, mm -hmm. like, out of my friends or whatever. She um, came prepared, folks. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I do uh, want to talk about um, the history of how it started. And I know a lot of us know, you know, Colin Kaepernick um, plays for the, well, he played with the 49ers. And um, in 2016, this was after um, a lot of police brutality mm -hmm. circumstances that were happening and like racial injustice that he felt um, he needed to take a stand or no, <laughs> kneel yeah. against. Yeah, okay. Take a stand. Take a stand by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in on August twenty sixth of twenty sixteen, um, Kaepernick. This is his sixth season of being on the Forty ers in the NFL. Um, before the game, though, um, during the anthem, the national anthem, he sits instead of standing and putting his hand over his heart, right. blah, blah, blah. Which is the exact opposite of what we've been taught since kindergarten. To right, do. you're like in class, they're like, stand up for the yeah. national anthem. So um, this is the original quote um, from Kaepernick after this game. Um, he says, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Um, so mm -hmm. obviously that's like a huge statement. That's yeah. something that he, um, you know, feels really passionate about yeah. enough to, you know, face the criticism and, and yeah. push back from this. Um, so um, after that, the next day, um, the NFL issues a statement that says the national anthem is and always will be a special part of the pregame ceremony. It is an opportunity to honor our country and reflect on the great liberties we are afforded as its citizens. In respecting such American principles as freedom of religion and a freedom of expression, we recognize the right of an individual to choose and participate or not in our celebration of the national anthem. Players are encouraged but not required to stand during the playing of the national anthem. Mm. Okay, and I think this was the most interesting part for me. Um, um, on August 30th, so this is about four days after the original um, quote and also after the first time he sat during the national anthem. Um, so former Seahawks player and Green, Green Beret Nate Boyer um, writes an open letter to Kaepernick, and the, then later on they meet together. So obviously he's coming from the – background of military right. he's also in the NFL um, so they end up meeting and um, so Boyer um, decides to talk to Kaepernick about possibly uh, kneeling instead of sitting during the national anthem yeah. and you wonder okay like why would that be any better um, this is what he had to say about that is he said soldiers take a knee in front of a fallen brother's grave you know, to show, show respect. When we're on patrol, you know, we go into a security hall, we take a knee, and we pull security. So um, I think that was a, an interesting thing. So I, I don't know if everybody knows that relationship that happened or that conversation that happened between Nate and Colin um, about this uh, specifically because it helps you realize that Colin was um, – not always kneeling like yeah. he was standing at first I mean he was sitting at first which I didn't know yeah I, I only heard of the kneeling and so um but that Nate was the one that encouraged him to kneel and I love I I did know that I kept up with this when it was going on in real time and I knew that Colin Kaepernick first started sitting um but I love that Nate Boyer 
he wrote that op-ed, that opinionated piece, but he also sought a conversation with Kaepernick. Right. I think Kaepernick, like, wrote to him back and was like, let's communicate. They were so willing. Yeah. Yeah, And they both were willing to have an open, hard conversation on this topic. And I have, I mean, obviously we weren't there, but I have to believe that they were practicing active listening just because it was a productive conversation. Something did come out of it. Yeah, exactly. And something I appreciate, too, about Nate is he went in to listen to what Colin had to say. I, I remember watching the um, interview um, with him and he said that at first he was really angry because sure. he was like, this is so disrespectful. But then he wanted to hear the side of Colin of like, what um, what brought you to this place? Yeah. And same with Colin, he um, was also so receptive that he changed his method. Exactly. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm sitting no matter what, you yeah. can't tell me what to do. Um, he was just like, how can I make a peaceful stand or sit, whatever, yeah. against this? And um, Well, because it wasn't like, and I don't think he was trying to be disrespectful at all. Right. It was coming off as disrespectful because, you know, we're taught to stand. But I don't think Colin Kaepernick was coming from a place of disrespect. He was coming from a place of recognize that my experience is different. Right. And because my experience is different, I don't have the same patriotism and love for this country because there are real issues going on. Right. Like, I really don't think it came from a place of, like, I hate America. It's, yeah. I want to bring attention to something. You to know make I mean? America better. Yeah. Well, yeah, let me read this quote, actually, because that's almost exactly what he says. Oh, is, the media painted this as I'm an anti-American, anti-men, and women of the military, and that's not the case at all, he says. I realize that men and women of the military go out and sacrifice their lives and put themselves in harm's way for my freedom of speech and my freedoms in this country and my freedom to take a seat or take a knee. So I have the utmost respect for them. Mm. The message is we have a lot of issues in this country that we need to deal with. We have a lot of people that are oppressed. We have a lot of people that aren't treated equal, given equal opportunities. Police brutality is a huge thing that needs to be addressed. There are a lot of issues that need to be talked about to be brought to life, and we need to fix those. And that was um, September 1st of 2016. So this is still four years ago. Um, And this sparked so much controversy back then, Mm -hmm. I think because he was probably one of the only public figures that was really speaking out. And I don't mean that as, like, we're forgetting about others that are, but I I mean, obviously in the NFL, he was the only one. Yeah, Um, he was willing to be bold. He was. He was starting it himself. Um, so, and with that, on September 3rd, um, the 49ers coach, Chip Kelly, this is his first year there, he gives Blaine Gabbert the starting QB job over Kaepernick, Hmm. um, which he doesn't attribute to what Kaepernick was doing, but it's also very kind of ironic to me that, you know, okay, so now you're not going to be leading out. Yeah. And and a QB is like the, you know, the the representation of that football team. So, um... That's not to say anything about Chip Kelly or what he thinks um, about that personally, right. but it is an ironic thing just to see that you know Colin did sacrifice um, the risk of yeah of not being you know yeah no I understand because okay and Chip Kelly is it is the timing off a little bit sure I does it I I'm not convinced that it didn't totally have ev- anything to do with right not putting. Kaepernick in the starting spot but if we're going to be totally fair Kaepernick was not doing so hot like right no that's true (laughs) he was um this might have been the excuse to really take him out because he was very popular he Mm -hmm. was already he had won didn't he win the Heisman trophy maybe I'm lying that might be a lie I don't know football I'm gonna google it right now (laughs) google our greatest friend yeah Colin Kaepernick I can't even spell Heisman yeah yeah. yeah, in 2010. Yeah, he, he was a nominee. Exactly. Oh, he was a nominee yeah. for the Heisman Trophy. Look but like I, that. What? No. Hold on. Hold on. Um. Okay. So he was a nominee for the Heisman Trophy. He didn't win, but he was well-known. He was well-liked. Um, he did receive the NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game. 
and the NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single postseason, um, which are two, you know, major feats. He just had – he really wasn't playing well. Right. But a lot of times in football, it's more about the franchise than actually doing, you know, actually winning the Super Bowl right. title. So if the franchise loves you, if the people love you, you'll get to play. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, going back to the Chip Kelly thing, uh, Kaepernick at this time was um, – recovering from a pair of off-season surgeries Mm -hmm. so that's something to consider as well um and you know it might not have had anything to do with that but we do want to you know add it to the timeline because it it it's important it's part of the story um so september 7th this is about i don't know like two weeks after the whole um beginning of all of this roger goddell finally breaks his silence and he says i don't necessarily which Roger Goddell is the um, the commissioner. NFL commissioner. Yeah. He said, I don't necessarily agree with what he is doing. Um, I support our players when they want to see change in society, and we don't live in a perfect society. On the other hand, we believe very strongly in patriotism in the NFL. I personally believe very strongly in that. Um, so that's an interesting take. Um, he's obviously, you know, kind of distancing his, himself sure. from that but still allowing it's very political it's very like right. i don't agree but it's not me yeah um, it's a very don't hate me uh-huh yeah <laughs> don't put this on me yeah um so this is what uh the republican presidential candidate donald trump says um kaepernick and other players protesting during the national anthem should leave the country and this happened september 12 2016 okay, so just before the election right he wins right. spoiler alert donald trump donald trump is now president <laughs> Um, so he says, I think it's a great lack of respect and appreciation for our country, and I really said they should try another country, see if they like it better, see how well they'll be doing, see if they're going to be making $20 million being a second-string quarterback. Rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's important to note, like I said, it was an election year. He, I think he was already the Republican candidate at that time. Like, he was already yes, official. Yes, he was. And so he's trying to get on the news do you know what i mean make a stance make a stance make a statement and go with something that like hardcore red-blooded americans are going to agree with that it's america's number one we are patriots and if you don't like it go yeah get out so this is kaepernick's response to trump um that protests are a lack of respect for the united states um kaepernick says he will always say oh he always says wow he always says make america great again um well, America has never been great for people of color. Mm. That's something that needs to be addressed. Let's make America great for the first time. Um, I thought that was really good as far as expressing his reasons why. You know, I'm not standing for the flag because I don't believe that it's representing, yeah. you know, what it's meant to represent. Exactly. Um, so... Um, so Kaepernick gets benched in December of that same year by Kelly in the fourth quarter of a loss um, to the Bears that drops the 49ers to 1-11. and He starts again the following week against the Jets. Okay, I don't know why I said that. I don't know. Luis loves the Jets, so <laughs> he's the one Jet fan I know. <laughs> that's her dad. Oh, yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> Just Luis. Um, okay. So a year after Kaepernick's first protest, hundreds of his supporters stage a rally outside the NFL's headquarters mm-hmm. um we have we believe that the and uh, we believe that the nfl has been complicit in the ostracization of colin kaepernick um and today it is time for the nfl to take a stand um i think we need to say this first though. oh yeah he's kicked i think i read the wrong thing yeah it's okay so he gets where when he becomes a Okay, the signings of Lester QBs and NFL free agency contribute to the suspicion that Kaepernick is being blackballed um, by NFL teams. So now now he's a free agent. Nobody wants yeah, him. Yeah, his contract is up at this point. Uh-huh. And so, um, obviously, they're signing Lester. Um, oh, this is March 2017. Uh, right. His, it's time for recruiting and The beginning that, of the next year. Stuff. Right. Okay. So, um Uh, 
that's mainly um, kind of where Kaepernick kind of got ostracized, like it said, like from the NFL um, after all of this. And now he is mainly an activist. Yes, that's he's no longer a player. He, um, I know he was trying for a while after he became a free agent and his contract was up with the 49ers because of all the controversy. I think no team was willing to pick him up. Um, and the excuse was that he just wasn't as good as he was before, which there is a little bit of truth to that. Right. Um, we have to yeah. grant that, you know. But I, I find it very suspect. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I do think it's a little difficult to believe that him taking a stance has nothing to do with teams not wanting right. it. They didn't want that publicity. They didn't want that headache. It's a PR. At the end of the day, it's a PR nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, and the NFL is this, like, crazy money-making machine. And that's of what course. people don't recognize. Right. Is I didn't business. Even, yeah. I remember business. during all this was going on, his jersey was the one that was most bought. Right. Yeah, it was the most popular. Even Some though people he was, were burning them. Exactly. <laughs> and what people don't realize is that the 49ers don't see a cent. When you buy a jersey, it doesn't go to the team. It goes to the NFL. Do you know what I mean? Right. And it's split up. Um, I don't know how, but it's split up individual. It's split up however we, however they want it. So the NFL is all about making money at the end of the day. Teams care more about making money than they do actually winning a championship. Do not come for me. That is just, <laughs> that's just the reality. <laughs> um, You're going to have some comments on that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like sorry. out of everything on here, they're like. People are like, excuse me. <laughs> the Cowboys want to win. Okay, but. Yeah, well, too bad. What's his name? What's his name? Who? Jones. Jerry Jones wants Jerry Jones. wants a paycheck like, more than he about? wants a ring. Like, let's be honest. Yikes! <laughs> Sorry, I'll edit that out. That's way no. too much. <laughs> um, Not talking about that. I know, but it's in, Colin Kaepernick sort of sparked this whole thing, and now it's moved on. I remember the next big big thing I watched from that was basketball. They were wearing the I can't. I can't, I can't breathe. breathe. No hands up, don't shoot shirts. Oh, the it? next. Yeah. So not recently, but yeah. Um, and then it. The women's national soccer team, they started taking a stance and also kneeling. Um, it just kind of formed, it was a catalyst and it had this ripple effect with all major sports, basically. Right. Um, and there's no different now. We're bringing it up. I'm, we're bringing it up this time because Patrick Mahomes, you know, the Golden Boy of the Year, he recently took a stand during the first game of the for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think he knelt down. He was they locked arms. arms. They right? were locking arms and he was booed in his own home. Right. Like, Which is crazy because then it's like, well, what was really the problem? Yeah. Y- your problem is that they're protesting. Exactly. Not that they are kneeling or disrespecting the flag. Like yeah. what if they were linking arms for another reason? Like, you know, I I remember basketball before we our games we would all like link shoulder like we would hold on to each other's shoulders. Yeah. And so we weren't, you know, making a stance in that. So, I mean, we were never – and it was high school girls, basketball, nobody came. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, like, not like there's people in the stands ready Which to do Which is a gender us, issue. Right? That's, <laughs> That's another <laughs> – It's a topic for another And day. we're, like, just not good. But anyway, yeah. so, um, you know, like, what what are what is expected of these guys? Yeah. If they're – you know, there's no way to do this where everybody's going to be happy because they're not protesting – or it's not that they're um, the way that they're protesting; it's that they are protesting. Yeah. You know. And I think first things first, we need to figure out if this is even legal. And right. I think Kara has some information for us if we're even allowed to. I mean, spoiler alert: it's been going on for three years, and no one's been arrested for it. So <laughs> that might be right, something. but you, you never know. Yeah. So um, I do want to talk about the legal side of it because there are some who argue that this is. Um, a violation of the Title 36 U.S. Code 301, um, which talks about the national anthem. One of my favorite codes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We know a lot of law. (laughs) No. Okay. So, um, in this, within this code, it talks about the designation of the flag, um, or the designation of the Star Spangled Banner, um, as the national anthem. Mm -hmm. So it's saying that is the national anthem. Um, and then part B is talking about the conduct during the playing of the national anthem. Um, when the flag is displayed, individuals in uniform should give the military salute at the first note of the anthem and maintain that position until the last note. 
Members of the armed forces and veterans who are present but not in uniform may render the military salute in the manner provided for individuals in uniform. And this is the part that's going to apply to the rest of us. All other persons present should face the flag and stand at attention with their right hand over their heart. And men not in uniform, if applicable, should remove their headdress with their right hand and hold it at the left shoulder, the hand being over the heart. Okay, so reading this, um, we wanted to make sure we understood the verbiage because um, it says should, mm-hmm. and it's not... Um, it's not necessarily a law that they yeah. have to be doing this in this way. You know, there's right. not legal consequence for not doing this. Yeah. You if know, it had said must, right. it would have been different, but it should. Right, it should. And um, so they are technically not violating any U.S. law or code by um, protesting in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that needs to be established, yeah. I think. Um, but I guess... I don't know. My personal opinion on this has really grown and evolved over time. When all this was happening, I was living in New York, which is very different from Texas. Right. <laughs> and um, very. I think I remember talking about it in the office um, that I was working in. And we just were like, you know, my main takeaway was why is it affecting you so much that somebody's kneeling? Right. I was, if that's what's ruining your day, you've had a pretty good day. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I... I also thought like kneeling was showing more respect because I remember when I did play sports and someone got hurt, you take a knee. And right. to me, that's a sign of like respect. I'm with you. And so I didn't think of it as disrespect. a disrespectful, like I didn't even think it was like a political thing. I first, when I first saw him kneeling, I thought, oh, okay. He's like, praying. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Right? Like, what like, is, you know? Because even in prayer, when you pray on your knees, it's a whole different experience. It's like respect. To the utmost, right. you know, like, yeah, lowering so, yourself below that. Exactly. And so, you know, that's, I was really confused by that. But I think my, my opinion has changed because my experiences have changed. And I personally, I haven't, I don't know if I've shared it with you, but I did have a negative experience with a police officer. And, you know, I've let that go and I've forgiven. And I, I, do know police officers that are gentlemen that are gentlewomen that they you know care for the community and they are keepers of the peace um but because i had that negative experience every time i see a police officer i have to think oh is this going to be an okay experience or not and it's scary to think that way and the truth of the matter is like for a majority of this country they haven't experienced that um, unfortunately, minorities and people of color, a lot of them have. They've right. experienced that like racial profiling, and it's scary. And so I appreciate someone bringing attention to the issue. Um, and also, I'm a big proponent of like, well, not proponent. I think a lot about if someone is protesting, what's the intent behind it? You know what I mean? We're, a lot of people were assuming that Kaepernick's intent or Mahomes' intent is to be disrespectful. It's not. It's to bring attention that, like, hey, there's a whole community of people that are hurting, that this is affecting. It's generations of hurt that's going on, and we we can't stand by it anymore. We need to do something. Um, that's sort of what I, I don't have an issue with anyone taking a knee because I understand where it's from. Uh, I understand where it's coming from, and I don't see it as, like, Oh, they're not being a patriot. It's I want to make this country, which is my home, better. And this is like, let's start a conversation about how we can make it better. And it it worked. At the end of the day, look at even on the small scale of Kaepernick and Boyer that were able to sit down and have this conversation and sort of maybe not a hundred percent agree, but understand each other's experience and learn from it. Right. It worked on a small scale. It I fully believe it can work on a national platform it just is going to take understanding from both sides right and that's the thing is like that's what I love about their example of having that conversation is I've never been in the military and um I honestly I hope not to be ever (laughs) but like I have family members that have been um and I also have family members that are racial minority and Mm -hmm. I know that there is a validity to both sides and um I, I like the conversation they had. I know that at one point Nate Boyer says something about um, 
you know, we don't want to generalize um, all policemen. Sure. And just like all policemen don't want that, mm-hmm. neither do these racial minorities. Yeah. They're like, please don't generalize us. We, you know, and that's um, a really necessary thing to consider mm-hmm. is that neither of these um, groups of people want to be profiled as a whole. You know, um, but there is, you know, injustice happening. Yeah, there's profiling happening. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and I think that's something that we need to consider. And to me, it's like. I don't have a problem with him kneeling either um, because I think it is something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. It is something that needs to um, be addressed. And I think that in America right now, it's very hard to find the right platform to do that because, Mm -hmm. you know, like we were talking about earlier, if they're against how you're protesting, that's one thing. But if you keep changing and trying to... um, make this protest really only about what it is yeah people are still against you so are they mad at you for protesting yeah or is are they mad at you for the way you're doing well and i remember watching a video um that's really good it's uh trevor noah and tommy laren i don't know if you're familiar she's very um which she's one's a com- the girl tommy oh, okay yeah <laughs> i was like she what Tommy is, she's a political commentator. Okay. Uh, she's very right-wing. She's very conservative. Um, Trevor Noah, you know who he is. He's the Daily Show guy. I love him to death. I think he's, I think he's hilarious. Um, well, they had sort of a discussion on his show. Is he more? He's more liberal. He's okay. actually not American. He's from South Africa. Oh, okay. So it's interesting because he comes from the perspective of apartheid. Right, and like that exactly. Whole, that whole issue. So he's seen these, he has experience in this. So they had sort of a debate on his show because she was very outspoken about Kaepernick and really just was like, he's a crybaby. And then like, yeah, she went to town on this guy Um, and her, she said that because she loves America, because she has family members that are serving in the military, that that's just so disrespectful. And so multiple times in that conversation with Trevor Noah, he said, so what should he do? Right. Exactly. You know, what should like silent? Yeah. I understand what you're saying that you feel disrespected, but, like, what should he do? And basically, she couldn't ever give him an answer. She just was like, well, it's disrespectful. It's disrespecting the flag. It's disrespecting the armed forces. He's like, okay, so what should we? What should he do? You don't want him to march. You don't want him to kneel. You don't want him to sit. What do you want him to do? And really, at the end of the day, it was she was saying, well... Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. And I don't want to put words in her mouth. I need to rewatch the video. It's been a while. But I think that was the mentality of a lot of people. Is like, right. he's just whining and he's just... No, but understand that this is a reality, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I, I was born in the United States, I am paying taxes and I'm not allowed to voice my opinion and share my experience, that's, that's what that's the not United okay. States is supposed to stand for. Exactly. And that's what I think Colin, like, really hits on, is that, like, I, you know, I love America so much that I want it to be... A place that it you know seems to represent you know mm-hmm. I want it to be what it's trying to be yeah and I think that the people that are trying to keep it from keep those voices quiet yeah are those that are benefiting from this like social injustice right or they're not yeah they're, they don't want change yeah and that's because why would you want change if you're in a comfortable position exactly and that's the thing that we have to recognize is like yes Okay, you can believe it disrespects a flag, but let's talk about how it's disrespectful to these communities that there is police brutality that's being, you know, not written off. It's norm. Right. It's normal. It's normal and that people don't want to listen because, you know, oh, the police are here to protect us. I agree. I have friends that are police officers Mm -hmm. and they're great people. Yeah. But just as we're not going to generalize either side, like we don't want to ignore the fact that there's police brutality in order to generalize it and say police are good yeah you know i don't think police are good or police are bad police are people yeah but they're in a in a position of authority exactly that you know has lent itself to oppression mm-hmm. and i think that we need to recognize that as we move forward in speaking about this is just you know there is an injustice going on yeah whether you like the way it's being protested or not maybe ask yourself am i 
against how they're doing it or why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe put yourself in their shoes. Like, if you were them, how would you protest? You know what I mean? Right. What's the right way to you? And if you can't think of one, maybe check yourself a little bit. And I think, like you said, no one wants to be generalized. No one wants to be profiled. But it's happening. And it's it's not okay. It's hurting people. Um, it's And I, I love, not love, I think it's, I hate it, but I love it. When people are like, well, if you don't like it, go back home or go to your, this is my country. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, just as much as it's yeah, yours. Yeah, when I'm like having discussions about this topic, a lot of times people are like, well, if you don't like it, leave. Go where, homie? I was born here. Like, I like, you know what I mean? Right. They, I, they said the same thing to Kaepernick was, um, you know, if you don't like it, leave. Like Donald Trump said it, leave where? Like, this is my country. This is my home. And just like your regular house, if you don't like something, you have the right to renovate it. So exactly. we have the right, we have, yeah, we have the right to essentially renovate things that we don't like in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's super crazy to want everyone, for everyone to be treated respectfully, for everyone to be treated fairly, for every, for every, for justice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the hard thing is like, in relationships, in things, you know, you don't just give up and leave mm-hmm. when it's hard or yes. when it's, you know, if something's going wrong. Well, you wrong. shouldn't. A lot of people do. No, <laughs> yeah. but maybe that's it because a lot of that's people the do culture, just, yeah, you know? our cult, that's the culture clash. Is the like culture the- clash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, I interrupted you. No, that. exactly. Because, you know, I don't want these people to leave, anybody to leave because they're being oppressed. That we want change. We want that mm-hmm. not to be happening anymore so that they can in their own home still live here and be respected as if it is their own home. Yeah. You know, we don't want America to become a place where you agree or you leave, mm-hmm. you know, and, or, or even like you agree, how can, you That's know, agree with injustice. Exactly. Yeah. And America is such a place where we, oh, freedom, you know, all these things, yeah. <laughs> you know, like equality. That's what America stands for and stands on. But what does that actually look like here? Yeah. Not what it's supposed to. Exactly. And I think that's what Kaepernick is saying is that, you know, he loves this relationship or this home or this thing so much that he's going to stay and try to fix it. Exactly. You know, and you you don't want people to leave um, the people that are going to fight for reform, that are going to fight for the things that need to be fought for. Yeah. And this is something that needs to be fought for. And I think one thing that we want to talk about is obviously like the Christian standpoint in this. Mm -hmm. Um should i we're stating our opinions right now but is that does that totally line up with the bible does that totally line up with what um god wants or am i just you know speaking because it's my own humanity right um and i i want to point out something is a lot of times in christianity we confuse faith with patriotism amen the the reality is they're two very different things yes um and it it are we think that being a good Christian, in America, because I I don't know the experience in other countries, but from what I've seen, it's not the same. Right. Is um, in America, we think if we're a Christian, we need to look this way, and it means America, hands down. Yes, red, white, and blue all day, every day, every we need a, an American flag every single place everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the troops. Woo. Which like. We love the troops, but the reality is faith and patriotism are two very different things. They're not hand in hand. Right. I do. The Bible obviously calls us to respect authority and to pray for our leaders and follow the laws, right? But where in the Bible does it say USA is number one and you have to? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I think that's a, a huge confusion right now, and I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but, you know, that there is just a, you know— one-to-one connection between America and God. Right. And um, honestly, that is so dangerous. Yeah. And I think that um, something we should consider um, are all of the examples in the Bible um, of relationships between government and people or and Christians. And, um, you know, we're going to present a few, a few scenarios from the Bible. um, But obviously when we're talking about this, we, we have a bias whether we want to or not. Yeah. And so um, our hope is that uh, people will respond, message us, email us, and, yeah. and kind of continue the conversation with us in a respectful way of, 
okay, what does the Bible say that influences your opinions on these things, that influences your understanding of these things? And um, how can we... Someone already responded. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like not even live. <laughs> oh, it was me. Is, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we do want to um, give a few examples that we thought of that were um, applicable. I, when we present these, I want to keep my opinion out of it sure. as much as I can um, and uh, just let the conversation kind of go from there. And like, like we say at the beginning, like we want these episodes to be conversation starters. Yeah. It is not the end-all, be-all. We have not fully developed, you know. Um, we don't know. We don't have yeah, the answers. Right, exactly. We're not here to give answers. We're here to ask questions and to hear what other Christians have to say as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, a, a, a few of the um, examples that we thought of, for one, was Esther. Esther, queen. Um, yeah, we, she's awesome. Yeah, we stand Esther. <laughs> she could come back. Exactly. <laughs> what we love about the story um, of Esther is just the utmost respect she has for the government and for the authorities put in place mm-hmm. um, because, um, you know, she is so respectful. Her rhetoric, everything throughout the whole experience is um, it's just really interesting to watch, yeah. you know, especially her people are being oppressed. Her people are being, um, well, essentially they're supposed to be killed. Yeah. And um, so, and, you know, this is wrong. This is an injustice. Yeah. And she goes to the king so respectfully um, but she does have to kind of break cultural standards and break, um, I don't know how to say it, like social. Yeah, break like, the norm. Break, break the norm. Essentially break the law. Because, right, because yeah. she comes into the king's presence without being um, first asked. And I think it's important to note exactly what you said. Just a key takeaway for that is she never lost respect for the right. king. Like she always had, gave him his place, but she spoke out when she needed to speak out. Mm-hmm. Um, she you know, renovated her home essentially because she saw that um, her people were going to be exterminated. And um, she, I know like in the story, Mordecai sort of pushes her or mm-hmm. encourages her to speak, but it came from her at the end of the day. If she didn't want to do it, she didn't have to. Um, but it's important to note that she gave respect to the authority and she respected the law and she right. recognized it. And that's really what put her in that position mm-hmm. of being able to come to the king and, and having a word with him because he obviously, you know, his um, wife before, she didn't Vashti. have that. Yeah, Vashti, she didn't have that respect. No. She didn't come to him as the king. She actually denied, you know, him because of that. Right. She, um, but Esther, on the other hand, somehow maintains this respect and maintains this relationship with the king that allows her this platform. Yeah. And I think that's um, something to consider is, you know, um, there's a lot of power in respect for authority. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in in using that platform um, to fight for what's right. Exactly. And she is an excellent example of someone who used her position of privilege to help the least of these. Right. Which is something that we need to do. We need to check. Everyone has privilege on some level, and we need to make sure that we are not apologizing for that privilege but using that privilege to make this world and our community a better place right um do you want to talk about the other examples we thought of i would love to okay uh the other example we thought of was daniel really yeah yeah so many examples um the first and foremost one was uh the fast which is now famous like everyone loves to do the daniel Daniel fast fast. it's trendy (laughs) (laughs) On trend. But essentially, he was going to work for the king, um, and they were going to eat the best of the best. Lots of meat, lots of, I assume, in and out, because that's what they were Whatever. <laughs> and he said no. I know. Call back to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Daniel said that he would drink, that he would only drink water and eat fruits and vegetables. Um, sort of as totally different and abnormal from what was tradition. Like, I'm giving you all this good food, and... You're going to eat exactly. some veggies. Yeah. And it's also interesting. Like, imagine someone going to your house and you prepare, like, this amazing, like, barbecue brisket. And they're like, actually, I'm just going to eat carrots. And <laughs> we don't have carrots Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But it was, 
because he had that relationship with the king, he was able to do it. Right. right? He and had, he proved himself through it. Exactly. And, um, oh, sorry, I like I looked at something. I saw my name on here, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm <laughs> It's me. <laughs> but um, it was something that would, what it was looked down on. And to go against the king, the end-all, be-all, is just something unheard of. So it was a form of protest. It was a peaceful protest at the end of the day. Right. And he's saying, you know, I want to show or or justify what I'm doing so that you can see the power of my God. Exactly. And um, I think that's also something to note in this. Um, Another example we thought of was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, which is, you know, a classic story that you learn early on if you grow up in the church um these guys were respectful um in all of their conversations with the king Mm -hmm. but they had a higher power that they answered to and so um through prayer and through understanding um of what that meant you know they they maintained their respect for the king but also um you know they refused to put him higher than god Mm -hmm. and um so what does god stand for what are his um, thoughts on injustice and, and what is injustice to him and those are the things we have to ask and consider for ourselves and to understand is like am I putting my government above my God Ooh, and, Ooh. <laughs> and um, that's where it conflicts with the Bible yeah. and that's where it conflicts with your faith um, so I think that's a big thing to consider yeah I love that I, am I putting my government above my God and I think if we I, I think there are times where even I'm guilty of it. You know, we're all, we right. all can be very guilty of that. Um, Daniel has another example of protesting when he was praying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he was thrown into the lion's den for praying in openly, right? It wasn't even in secret. He was openly praying for God when they weren't As supposed to. As he always to. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that he was, he took a knee and prayed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it was. It also, I think, you know what? I think it's interesting because like Colin Kaepernick, Daniel wasn't praying as a like... Dis- a show. Yeah, no, it wasn't a disrespect to the king or like, you know, like a bump that to you. Right. Like, I don't care what you have to say. It was, my God is before this. You right. know what I mean? And just like Kaepernick, I don't know that Kaepernick was taking a Christian stand on this, but it wasn't uh, like, I hate America stand. It was, I want to... I wanna, point something out that's wrong i love right. you so much that i want to point something right, out that's exactly wrong. it was neither neither one of these men were doing something to go to show it wasn't coming from a heart of disrespect it was saying i daniel was saying i love my god more and colin kaepernick was kind of saying in a sense i love my country more and i want it to be better yeah mm-hmm. no i think that's good um the last uh specific one we we thought of was Jesus in the temple which I know this is a very much yeah. used um, example but for like this wasn't even peaceful like yeah. <laughs> and um, that's what I love about this example too is because um, Jesus calls out injustice in his father's house yeah and he is saying this is not right mm. and there's a righteous indignation that we see in this and um, it's awesome to watch Jesus you know, kind of fight for what's right. And mm-hmm. um, obviously he is able to do that in a perfect way. Right. We are not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's interesting to see this example because he is much less um, peaceful about it than, than the the prior examples that we've given. Right. Daniel was praying. Exactly. Jesus was breaking stuff. But it's because, <laughs> you know, Jesus has that ability to do those – to. Be angry in perfection. Exactly. And, like, be um, able to do that without sinning. And I think that's where we have to be careful is, like, am I angry? Um, and if this anger is driving my actions, you know, am I staying in a righteous place? Yeah. And that's that's hard for us as humans. And, um, obviously, Jesus was completely human and completely God. Um, and that's the part where... You know, I know. A little we can talk about that forever because yeah. that's another like. <laughs> but yeah, so he so, was two hundred percent. Yeah, two hundred percent. That's what we call him. <laughs> we call him the big two hundred. Yeah, big two hundred. <laughs> He's like, please talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think from a Christian standpoint, is ch- 
let this be a conversation starter and let it be something where you can listen to the experience of someone else. Right. Um, and this goes back to the active listening that we discussed in the last episode is this isn't, I don't think this is, this is something you should debate and it's especially not something you should debate on Facebook. Do not like, (laughs) I'm, I'm so sick and tired of reading this debate on Facebook because tone is everything. But it's not a debate, it's a conversation. And mm-hmm. it's a conversation that's, how can we, first on an individual level, how can we make this better? And then let's think in our community, and then let's think in a national scale. As Christians, these are the conversations that we have to have, yet they're the conversations that we avoid the most. Exactly. And we're not allowed that luxury, you know what I mean? We are called to um, protect those that can't, or defend those that can't defend themselves. Um, so yeah yeah no i yeah like she said like i i we want this to be a conversation piece we want it to be something that um maybe you don't end up agreeing on but that you are willing to be wrong and you're willing to listen to other people's stance on yeah just as us and ourselves we want to take this time to you know continue seeking the lord in this and seeking yeah. okay what would jesus like have us do in this situation what would be his heart for these people um, on both sides of the argument, you yeah. know, um, and there's maybe there's not a right and wrong, but maybe there's a well, obviously there's a right and wrong, but I mean in this situation maybe it's not, um, you know, like kneeling is either right or wrong, yeah, but rather like why? What is the motivation behind it? Yes, what is happening? You know, maybe it's not expressed correctly, maybe it is, um, and and just kind of explore that for yourself and and with your friends and your family to further understand, you know, how, how the Lord has spoken to them and, and to you personally about mm-hmm. um, this topic. And Ted is huge in this, right? We need, to, we need to make sure that people recognize that when they are protesting during the national anthem, the intent is not to disrespect the flag or disrespect the troops or disrespect the nation. The intent is to start a conversation about the injustice that's happening to black people, to people of color, um, and how the government has sort of played a part into it. And um, it's a conversation that we should have had 60 years ago, uh, but we didn't. So we're having it now, and we need to be a part of it. Right. All right, well, that's all we have for today. Um, Again, please email us at theculturecollashpodcast.com at gmail.com at gmail <laughs> um, we'd love to hear your guys' views on these things yeah and um, we want to understand more perspectives so please uh, please feel free to email us yeah. um, we will definitely look at those and and uh, continue the conversation yeah just because we have the mic don't mean that this isn't an open conversation definitely it's open mm-hmm. alright well thank you guys signing off from the 915 from the 915 <laughs> I'm Josh McCaff <laughs> bye y'all the culture clash bye <laughs>